You're not alone. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and uh, first off, let me start by apologizing for missing last week. It's been uh, just a a crazy week for me. Um, I'm excited to announce that uh, I do have my main computer back with all its fancy uh, editing equipment, so hopefully the audio sounds a little bit better. Um, But the reason that I missed last week is because... We were just finishing getting the room back together, and on top of all of that, uh, my grandmother passed away, and I just uh, couldn't bring myself to record. Um, But uh, here we are a week later, um, and I'm feeling a little bit better. Happy to have uh, my main computer back and move into getting back... um, to regularly recording episodes. So with all that said, um, there are going to be some episodes uh, in the near future that I am not going to be able to record, um, i.e. the last week of May. There will not be an episode um, the last full week of May, and we'll see if there is an episode after Memorial Day weekend. Um, I'm just going to be real busy with work, and I don't know that I'm going to have time to record an episode. So, with all of that said, let's go ahead and go into our first segment. I know you've missed it. It is... List Building with Joe. And for this week, we're going to go back to the Rebel Alliance. And really what this one... The the origin of this list came from... um, wanting to put some put the child on something that I thought could be competitive. So here's what we've got. I call it Renegades, and we start with Colby Sperato in the T-65 X-Wing, rocking Marksmanship, R4, and Contraband Cybernetics. Shara Bay with Hopeful and Concussion Missiles. Magva Yaro with Fire Control, The Child, Ursa Ren, and Pivot Wing. Benthic Two Tubes with Perceptive Co-Pilot, Jen Urso, Cloaking Device, Pivot Wing, and AP-5 in the Shethapede Class Shuttle with K-2SO and R-4 Astromech. So essentially what you have here um, is you've got Magva, who's uh, the big hitter in the list with the target locks that she gets from Ursa and the force from the child, either getting a calculate or a focus from either Benthic or K2SO. Um, Benthic is uh, your blocker. He's going to get in there and just really make life havoc. And if they choose to target him, well, then he's going to cloak and generso to evade tokens. So four dice with two evades, I hear, is uh, pretty good. Colby Sperato and Chara Bay are uh, your flankers. And each one is going to basically provide their own bit of nuisance. Um, Colby, the ability to flip the foils after um, barrel rolling or boosting means that she's constantly going to be um, 
flipping those S foils and uh, you can get some pretty interesting places with some mods. Uh, it's the only T65 I know that can uh, uh, focus link boost or is it boost link focus? It is um, it is focus link boost and have a three dice primary attack. So that's uh, that's pretty neat. But there you have it. You've got your your block of AP5, Benthic, and Magva Yaro, um, and then your flankers, Colby and Shara, um, both punishing, and there you go. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. AMG Rules Forum. Now, we've been missing this segment for the last couple of weeks, so I'm going to give you an extra large helping of AMG's Rules Forum. So, with that said, we'll start with this one, Breach with Daredevil. OP. Is illegal with Breach to drop thermal detonators? Then Daredevil boost, drop one more in the system phase? And why can't Breach take Daredevil as a talent? So, answer... No, while both the TIE SE ship ability and dropping thermal detonators are system phase abilities and enter the ability queue at the same time, the TIE SE does not have any abilities that trigger after dropping a device. Daredevil talent requires the ship to have a white boost on its action bar. The TIE SE bombers have a red boost, which don't meet the requirement to equip the Daredevil without finding a way of adding white boost to the action bar, such as the end engine upgrade modification card. Thane Kyrell timing window. OP. Can Thane Kyrell, X-Wing pilot, use his ability only during the modify attack step or during the whole attack step? Like after the cards are dealt but before the aftermath step? Answer. Thane Kyrell, T-65 X-Wing pilot allows him to spend one focus hit or critical result to look at the defender's face down damage cards choose one and expose it as spending the dice result is a dice modification this would happen in the modify dice step of attack step 2b next one enhanced jamming suite jamming a friendly ship to break a lock op Greetings. If a TIE Whisper with Enhanced Jamming Suite is locked by an enemy ship and jams itself, is it able to break the enemy lock established upon it, or would it only be able to break that lock by jamming the enemy ship that established a lock? Thank you. Answer. No. A jam ship removes either a green token or breaks one of its locks. While an enemy lock token may be your token, it is not your lock. Next next one, Vader Advanced X1 with Advanced Sensors. OP, which would take priority? Would Vader be able to use his Force ability to perform additional actions? And does the same apply to Auto Thrusters in the TIE Interceptors? Answer, no. Advanced Sensors allows you to perform one action after you reveal your dial. If you do, you cannot perform another action during your activation. If the card uses if a card ability uses the word cannot, that effect is absolute and cannot be overridden by other effects. Next one, ionized ship bomb dropping slash launching. OP. 
Okay, I searched the FAQ and didn't find this question, and I'd be surprised if it hasn't been asked already. Can an ionized ship drop or launch a bomb, device, or electro-chaff cloud? It happens in the system phase. It's not an action. I don't see why not. Thanks. Answer. Yes, ionized ships can still drop or launch a device during the system phase. Next one. Shasazaro and reinforced tokens. OP. If Shasazaro, whose pilot ability reads, after you defend, you may choose a friendly ship in your full rear arc at range 0 to 2 and one of your green tokens. If you do, that ship gains a matching token. So if Shasazaro has a reinforced token in the forward orientation and uses her ability, does the ship she selected gain the reinforced token in the forward orientation as well, or can they choose fore or aft as if they had gained a reinforced token via their own action? Answer. When a ship performs a reinforced action, it gains a reinforced token with either the fore or aft side face up. When transferring or gaming, gaining a matching reinforced token, you must maintain the original orientation. Next one. Malaris in the foe and Muse. OP. Hi. Malaris in the foe and Muse both have started the engagement abilities. The rules of engagement state that each ship engages in descending initiative order. Does the timing apply here so that Malaris in the TIFO can spend a token and stress at I-5, then Muse removes the stress token at range 0 to 1 at I-2? Answer, not quite. Ships do engage in descending initiative order, but all of at the start of engagement happens before the ship actually engage and enter the ability queue simultaneously. But yes, you may resolve Commander Malaris in the TIFO ability, then Muse's TIFO pilot ability to remove the stress Malaris just gained. Next one, Morallo interaction with tokens. OP, the rules reference states that circular tokens are removed on the in phase even if the ship is on reserve. How about red tokens? Do you remove everything when you flee with Malaro, or do you come back with all of them? Answer. All tokens accompany the ship into reserve. Circular tokens are removed during the end phase. When a ship in reserve is placed in the play area, any tokens on the ship accompany it into play. Next question. Seismic charges and proximity mines interaction. OP. I was playing with my friend, and they claimed that proximity mines counted as an obstacle so they could be seismic charged to blow up their own proximity mines and hit my ship with the effect of the seismic charge. That doesn't seem right, but I allowed it for the game and came here to try and find out. As far as I know, any drop bombs or mines are separate from, separate from obstacles, right? I thought that only asteroids, debris clouds, and gas clouds, and electro-chaff clouds could be destroyed by seismic charges. If I'm wrong, is there any other interactions I might be missing? Answer, you are correct. Proximity mines are not obstacles and do not interact with seismic charges. Next one, cannon ability crew. OP, if a ship gained a stress from a previous round 
and then goes to reveal a white maneuver, would he be allowed to spin the force to remove the stress after completing the maneuver? Would that still allow you to take an action? Answer. Yes, as long as the range requirement is met and the force is paid. Canon Jarrus in the VCX-100 reads, After a friendly ship at range 0-2 executes a white maneuver, you may spend one force to remove one stress token from that ship. Furthermore, if a ship executes a white maneuver onto or through a debris cloud, Canon would be able to remove the ensuing stress, permitting the ship to take their perform action step. Next one, bombs and cloaking. OP, I wanted to ask this, wanted to ask about this in relation to the thread last week, but it seemed those get locked uh, after a day for some reason. In the actual rules reference, it says each ship cannot place a device during the system phase that it decloaked, which implies that you cannot decloak and then drop a bomb device, but you can drop launch and then decloak, which seems fair. However, in two areas here, one is errata from early June and the other from a previously mentioned that had that the previously mentioned and more recent lock thread that says each ship cannot drop or launch a device and decloak during the same phase, which implies the two are completely mutually exclusive. Answer. Post in the rules reference. Correction thread supersedes the existing rules reference. As per the top post on this thread, the thread contains official corrections to the current version of the Star Wars rules reference. These corrections supersede the authority of the rules reference. These corrections will be deleted whenever the rules reference is updated. Which I'm just going to take a minute and point out that they are not doing that. I don't, I mean, it doesn't bother me, but... Yeah. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Enhanced jamming suite and failing a jam action. Enhanced jamming streets suite reads, While you jam, you can choose yourself or another friendly ship. My question, if I attempt a jam action and no enemy ship is rain, must I then choose myself or another friendly ship, ship instead, or can I fail the action? Checking because composure might be very good on the tie whisters. Answer. No, you cannot choose to fail a jam action, as the enhanced jamming suite configuration allows you to choose yourself or another friendly ship while jamming. Should no other viable targets be available, you would need to jam yourself. Alright, and the last one that we are going to read for today, dead band switch and remotes. OP. I've noticed that all bombs have been errated to include a clause that says they damage remotes such as probe droids and buzz droids, and such, but the upgrade Deadman Switch has not and still only hits ships. Should that be updated, or is it intentional? Answer, no, Deadman Switch doesn't damage remotes. All right. I just wanted to take a a short couple of minutes to talk about... um, well, a, a couple different things. So this is just going to be kind of a, a, a rambling episode. Um, the The first thing is my experience with three ship lists. Um, so the one that I've been flying is um, first order, obviously. Um, and what I found is I haven't won with it yet, 
But all the games that I've lost have been incredibly close. And so, close enough to the point that I really think it's just a matter of variance. Well, let me me caveat that. Um, Close enough that variance could have played a factor. Um, Most of the games turned out the way they did because I got too aggressive with Von Rage and ended up losing him. a little bit quicker. And then uh, one game I lost because uh, quick draw went from full health to one health in a single attack. Um, which can happen. Uh, but it's I, I consider that a, a variance thing. Um, and it kind of it kind of leads me into well it's it's gonna segue me into the next point that I want to make. But as far as three ship lists go, I wouldn't, and, and I know I've been kind of talking about this without much data, but I wouldn't write them off. I really think if you have an understanding of how to play 2.5, that you can you can make a three ship list work for you. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the games, is it one or Two of the games that I one of the games that I played uh, was against another three ship list, and it was incredibly close. Um, and that was the one where Quick Draw actually went from <laughs> uh, full health to one health in a, a single attack. Um, but yeah, I just like I I really think there's something there. Um, but. And this kind of goes more to the point. I think if you have an understanding of how to play um, 2.0, that you're not going to see as many blowouts in games. And I haven't been exactly tracking my win-loss record, but what I can say is um, the only time that I see blowout games is when I win. Um, The rest of the time when I lose, I'm only losing... By two or three points. And that's that's not to toot my horn and say that I've got this figured out. Because I definitely don't. It's, it's mainly just to point out that. Because I have an understanding of how to play 2.5. The decisions that I'm making on the table. Are leading to me scoring higher points. Now, if MOV was still a thing, it would lead to higher placement for me. Uh, but MOV is not still a thing. Um, it's going by strength of schedule, um, which means that people that beat me are actually f- doing far better because I'm doing better. At least I think that's how that works. But anyway, that that's kind of... <laughs> and there's more that I want to say on it. I just... Can't figure out how to wrap my head around it, um, around what it is that I really want to communicate here. I, I just, I believe if you and your opponent both have an understanding of how 2.5 works, the chance that you experience a blowout game is incredibly minute. I just don't think you're going to see it, and I think... That, excuse me, I think that as a community, as we get better at playing 2.5, 
that we're going to see that. Um, I think we'll see less and less blowout games. That's my prediction. But um, with that said, I'm still not putting my money where my mouth is. So what do I mean by that? Because you've heard me go on now for a couple of weeks uh, talking about three ship lists. Well, I signed up for Kyber Cup. Now, for those that don't know, uh, Kyber Cup is an online X-Wing tournament. There's currently 240 players signed up. It's played uh, one game a week. Um, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting because it's going to give us a, a, a peek into the first X-Wing 2.5 meta. And then depending on how they handle the points change that's going to happen in the middle of it, um, may give us a, a slight peek into the second meta. Um, my opponent first round is Keenan Double Dock Childs, and he is flying Anakin Skywalker in the BTLB Y-Wing with Ion Cannon Turret, Proton Torpedoes, R4P, Astromech, Connernets, and Afterburners, Contrail with the Besh title, Padme Amidala with Juke, R3 Astromech, and Proton Torpedoes. Barris Offi with Instinctive Aim, Concussion Missiles, and Calibrated Laser Targeting. And Ahsoka Tano with Compassion, Chopper, and CLT. And uh, just a... Oh, by the way, um, what I'm flying... You probably heard me talk about this before... But let me pull up my list here. I am flying Gideon Hask in the Xi Shuttle with Fanatical Proud Tradition, Sensor Buoy Suite, Commander Pyre, and Tactical Officer, Scorch in the Bomber with Feedback Ping, Concussion Missiles, and Counter Nets, Static with Proud Tradition and Ion Cannon, Recoil with Predator and Advanced Optics, and Nightfall with Fanatical Ion Missiles, Sensor Scramblers, Advanced Optics, and Enhanced Jamming Suite. I think this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, I'll definitely say, just looking at the list, uh, I think uh, Keenan has the initial advantage. Um, he's flying ships that punch quite a bit harder than mine um, and are going to be able to utilize quite a bit more tools than I have, so it's definitely the onus is on me to um, try to pull a W out of this list. Um, so I, I guess we'll <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm excited to fly in this online tournament. It was free to sign up um, for, and uh, I'll be I will be happy if I go an even 50% so on wins losses that's that's where i will be a happy person um, for those that have been listening to a while you know that uh, on average across my entire um, competitive x-wing scene i'm actually a little bit below 50% um, in my total average i think i might actually be 50 um, but uh, i've just had a string of of really really bad decision making in tournaments 
where uh, it just, uh, I, I didn't get the result that I wanted. So you're hearing it here. 3-3 uh, three, three is what I'm going for. All right. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about the spoilers that are coming up for the next couple of packs. And uh, as I'm sure I'm not the only podcast that you're listening to, um, you've probably already heard about these ships many, many times. Um, so I will try to be quick and basically, um, I'm just going to say I'm real excited to see Cad Bane in both scum and separatist ships with different abilities. And I really think that he's going to, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, um, his ability with the title, um, the Xanadu Blood, which adds a crew slot, a bomb slot, and a red cloak action, um, is, is, it's just going to pair well. I'm really excited about the Rogue class coming out, um, and maybe you'll, you'll get a little bit more CIS love from me in the list building with Joe segment. And then the Proton Cannons, I'm also excited about these um, and every other cannon attack sounds pretty neat. Or every other cannon, every other round cannon attack. Jeez, I can't talk. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, thank you to my patrons who are supporting this podcast and making it possible. If you're interested in becoming a patron, check me out. I'd be happy to have you. If you are not able to financially support the podcast or don't want to, either is fine, um, but would still like to see it grow, consider leaving a review however you consume this podcast. It really means a lot to me. And um, as you know, I like to end every episode with a question. And this week's question is, what faction do you think is going to come out on top for Kyber Cup? This is Sailor Joe, signing off.